Good morning, everyone. It is great to be back for another online service, to be here with you guys, and to continue on in our series of Finding Christ in Crisis. I certainly hope that all of you guys are doing okay in, in, with everything that is going on. But one of the things about crisis is that whatever was normal before the crisis might have turned into minor or major inconveniences and problems and challenges that we didn't expect before. Right? There might be some minor problems like being able to go to a grocery store and find all the items you used to find or even just going to a grocery store without having to wait in ridiculous long lines, getting a haircut, or maybe there are some major challenges that we didn't expect, like sickness, job loss, right, loss of loved ones, or major life plans changing. I know for myself and my fiance, we were supposed to get married in July, and we had what we thought was our idea of what it was going to look like, but God certainly had different plans. But because so much about our life is changing, so much about our life is is different and there's problems jumping out in ways we didn't expect, it is so much more important that we ground ourselves in God, that we find Christ in crisis. So let's jump into the Bible and see what we can learn today from Matthew chapter 20. In Matthew chapter 20, it reads, As Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. Two blind men were sitting by the roadside, and when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. The crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet, but they shouted all the louder, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus stopped and called them, What do you want me to do for you? He asked. Lord, they answered, We want our sight. Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately they received their sight and followed him. I have two quick points for us this morning. And the first one is that one of the best ways that we can find Christ in the midst of the crisis that goes on in our life is to simply find Christ in his crisis. To learn about Jesus in the Bible, how he reacted in the middle of his crisis and moments of trouble. But of course, the scripture at first glance does not seem like a crisis. It seems rather normal. Like many of the stories that we've read in other parts of the Gospels, Jesus is traveling along a road. He meets men that are in need of his help, and he has compassion on them and love them. He heals them and restores them back to God. But if we look at the context of this scripture, if we look at the Bible, what's happening here is that Jesus is leaving Jerusalem, or leaving Jericho, and heading to Jerusalem. And as Jesus heads to Jerusalem, he knows that as he enters the city, he is going to be captured, he is going to be tortured and killed on the cross, separating himself from God. And we know that in the Garden of Gethsemane, in a few chapters later, that this was not just a walk in the park for Jesus. Jesus wasn't leaping for joy at what he had to do. He, he also certainly was not an emotionless robot, just obeying God's orders. No, this was hard for Jesus. Jesus cries out to God in the Garden of Gethsemane. He, and he tells his disciples that he was stressed and sorrowful to the point of death. 
Jesus was in an emotional crisis as he was heading to Jerusalem. I can only imagine what every single one of those steps must have felt like. As every step he took was literally a step towards death. And as he heads out, as he faces death straight in the face, here are these two men crying out for mercy. A disruption hits Jesus. And how does Jesus react? Well, we see the reaction of everyone that's around him. And the reaction of everyone that was around Jesus was simply to quiet the crowd and rebuke them. But it wasn't because they understood what Jesus was going through. Jesus told his disciples three times that he was going to have to go to Jerusalem and die, and they never understood it. No, these men simply quieted and rebuked the crowd because it was inconvenient for them. They didn't want their time with Jesus to be stopped. They did not want them themselves to have to stop along the road and along their journey. So their choice was to forget compassion. We're going to quiet them and rebuke them. Their compassion ended the moment their convenience ended. But here is Jesus, the one who is facing the crisis, the one who is having this emotional turmoil, having the compassion to stop and engage with these men, to heal them and to love them and to restore them. And this word that's used here for compassion is a, is a word that, that um, the Greek word that's translated to compassion is a word that Stephen talked about a couple weeks back. And it's pronounced splunknid uh, zomai. I am pretty sure that that is like the worst pronunciation possible. But that's the word. And the, the word compassion really doesn't do that Greek word justice. Because compassion is all about sympathizing with another person, understanding what they're going through, and, and kind of feeling for them. But this word, right, this splunknid zomai, is, is much more than that. It's more about you see what's going on in this other person and you feel so much that, that you are physically, inwardly hurting. Your heart is breaking and your stomach is literally churning. There's this sickening and saddening feeling that you physically feel for that person or for what is going on. And every time it's used in the Gospels, it is used to describe Jesus and the way he hurts for and loves humanity, the way he loves you and me. And it is always accompanied by action. Jesus feels compassion, and therefore he acts, and he does something about it. And this is the word that, that Luke decided to use in his gospel to describe the father as he sees his prodigal son returning. As he sees him in the distance, it says that the father was filled with compassion and ran towards his son and hugged him. It's this deep love-driven compassion that Jesus feels and that God feels for you and I. Jesus was feeling so much already as he was heading to Jerusalem, and yet he still had this incredible capacity to have compassion on these men. When crisis hits, it can be easy to wonder, God, where are you? What are you doing? Right? So many of the Psalms, as Phil pointed out last week, start out that way. God, are you, are you seeing what I'm going through? Are you feeling my pain? It's human nature to wonder. God, are you doing something about what's going on? And sometimes we just need a reminder. We just need to go back to the Bible to find Christ in his crisis and remember Jesus is compassionate. God is loving. 
Whether we see it or not, whether we feel it or not, whether we, we think it or not, God is working for us. God is resolving the situation. God is intending the situation to be in the best way that it's supposed to be. We just need a reminder of who God is, who Jesus is, so that we can remember, yes, God is with me. Because what easily happens is that we get so fixated on our own problems and our own reality that we just need some time for us to go back to God's reality. You know, one of the biggest challenges that not me personally, but my mom faced happened in 2003. While I was still a a young kid, our entire church went through a crisis. And for her, who was a disciple in Seoul, South Korea, in the church there, she was also in a crisis. As the the church went through an upheaval, uh, there was so much happening around her. And I'm so grateful for the decisions that she made in her crisis. Because the decision that she made was that I'm not going to be stuck in this reality. I'm not going to be stuck in what I see, and I'm going to go back to the Bible, and I'm going to see what Jesus has to say, what God has to say, and I'm going to put myself in his reality. And as she focused on God, she remembered the incredible God that, that he is. And she remembered that God is working for her and for her kids and her family. And she decided, I am going to take a leap of faith. I'm going to move to a country where I do not know anyone. I'm going to move to a country where I do not know the language. I'm going to move to a country where nothing is guaranteed because in that country, my kids will have a better chance at finding God. And I'm so grateful for that decision she made because that is, I believe, the only reason I am here today is because of the things that my mom decided to do. But she only did those things because she decided to find Christ in his crisis, to find God in the midst of her crisis, in the Bible, and focus herself on God's reality. So that's my first point this morning, is to find God and to find Jesus, find Christ in his crisis. And then my second point as we move on is, you know, Jesus' compassion does miraculous things. And it's amazing to watch Jesus' capacity for compassion. But I think something that is so incredibly amazing as well is the impact that Christ's compassion has on people. Because this story ends off with three very simple words. They followed him. The two blind men felt the compassion and they couldn't help but follow Jesus from there on out. To, to learn to be like him. To learn to follow in his footsteps. And I'm sure wherever these two men went, they talked about Jesus. They talked about what he did, the compassion that he showed, and I'm sure that they tried to show that compassion to people as well. And in that way, they brought Christ to wherever they were going. And that is my second point. My first point is to find Christ in his crisis, and my second point is to put Christ in crisis. That we ourselves can be the Christ that is needed in a crisis. And in doing so, not only will we be able to help people find Christ, but we ourselves will find Christ. Right? But the thing is, compassion is hard. Caring is hard. Because compassion 
is inconvenient. That's the bottom line and that's the fact. Compassion is inconvenient because when crisis hits, our human nature is to be self-centered. That's human nature, right? And this kind of compassion, especially this kind of gut-wrenching, stomach-turning compassion, is often easily turned off. It's forgotten about. We might still care, but we grow cautious. We might still care, but we grow hesitant. And slowly but surely, human nature is to turn the focus from others onto ourselves and worry about me. And only about me. I mean, think about all that's happened since this this crisis hit. I mean, in the beginning, you had people literally fighting over toilet paper and, and hand sanitizer. People fighting in grocery stores for every last item. Not caring about who's to the right of me. Not caring about who's to the left of me. But only about me. And lately, there's been these stories of security guards all over the country being assaulted and beaten simply because they were following their orders and telling people they couldn't enter without masks. And then these people got upset because they only cared about themselves and they had no compassion for a man who was just trying to do their jobs. For men that was just trying to follow their orders. Compassion is inconvenient. We have so much to do just to care about ourselves and our immediate loved ones that there's just no room for compassion anymore. But that is what makes God so amazing. That is what makes Jesus so incredible and amazing. And that is what draws people to God. That's what drew these men to God. And that is what drew the disciples to Jesus. It was his love and his compassion. And that's what we get to spread as, he's, as the people that are trying to learn about him and follow him and find him. We've all heard the quote, Be the change you want to see in the world. And similarly, if we want to find Christ in our crisis, I want to challenge us to be the Christ in the crisis. To put it into our crisis by being it ourselves. So that as we focus on Jesus, on his nature, on his compassion, as we focus about putting God into practice, we will focus on Christ and who he is, and we ourselves will find Christ But we will also, through our actions, help other people find Christ. To learn about God, His compassion, His love, and fall in love with Him. But the only way that we can really be Christ and put Christ into our crisis is to learn about Him. Is to know Him. Is to be day in and day out, be in our Bibles, to be in our prayers, so that we can be connected to Jesus. The only way we can put Christ into crisis is to know Christ in our crisis. So we have to ask ourselves, where is my compassion? To see Jesus' example and think, what am I lacking? And what can I put into practice? Let's be inspired by Christ and let's be Christ. Be like Christ in this crisis. You know, as we, as we come to a close... And as we get ready to take communion, we, we started off by talking about Jesus in his crisis. And we saw Jesus being motivated and moved by his compassion in his moments of crisis. And throughout all of his crisis on his journey to Jerusalem, once he got to Jerusalem and to the cross and his death, Jesus was driven by his compassion. It was this compassion that helped him make the choices that he did. 
And that compassion literally changed the world. Because we are here today trying to find Christ in our crisis because 2,000 years ago, amidst his crisis, driven by compassion, Christ found us and died on that cross and gave us a chance at redemption, a chance at finding him. So as we get ready to take communion, let's reflect on the fact that Jesus found us. Let's reflect on the fact that Jesus was driven by compassion and we are here because of that. So let's go to God in prayer. Lord and Abba, thank you so much for the kind of God that you are. Thank you for the love that you have and the compassion that you have. God, we know that we are only here because of your compassion. Because you decided that looking at a broken, sinful people, that we were worth dying for. God, as we get ready to take the bread and take the juice that represents Jesus' body and his blood, help us to remember the love and compassion he had. Help us to remember that as we go through our crisis and to put it into practice as we go through this crisis. And to remember that that we are found by you because you found us. Thank you so much and I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.